It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Thank you, Mike Ross. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 16, Season 3 of Leafs Guy. Jim Taddy with you for the next 25 minutes. Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun is our guest today. We'll go over the Leafs as they are one game away from the All-Star break. Before we get going, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Here is the call to action. Download the app now. Sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The code is THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. And look out. The Leafs with their game on Wednesday night at home to Boston complete a five-game homestand and slide right into the all-star break. So far in this homestand, they are 3-1. and one. The one was a bit of a problem. Friday night at home to Ottawa did not look good, but the rest is pretty darn good, and there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So I have to ask the question here. Where are the Leafs in your mind as they get set to face Boston in the final game before the all-star break? Are they in good shape? Are you concerned? We'll deal with that in Yes Guy, No Guy later. On from my standpoint, I like where they are. They're resilient, and now, of course, dealing with yet another piece of adversity. No Austin Matthews for me. This is the final battle with adversity during the regular season. They've gone with two goalies out. They've gone with a lot of defensemen out, and now their kingpin up front is out. And in all other cases, they've learned to survive and thrive. And we'll see if that can happen. Sunday night against Washington, it looked pretty good in a 5-1 win. Friday night against Ottawa, it did not look good. So you may be having some question marks about where this goes. I'm not one of them. I think this is this is going to track forward in a nice fashion. It has before. I don't see why it can't. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. Let's hear from Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. <laughs> Okay, Terry, when you look back over the schedule, you've got that disastrous second period in Montreal a week ago Saturday, and I don't know what that was against Ottawa on Friday. What do you make of those two occurrences? Not much, to be honest, Jim. 
no team is going to be perfect through the season and uh, in every game. And I, I really don't, especially the, the game against Ottawa on Friday night, that, that's not the Leafs. I mean, this isn't an habitual thing. And I think to me, probably what should be stressed more than that is the way they came out last night and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, sloughed that off, if you will. I mean, the first period was, they had a good start. First period kind of evened out for them. Of course, they were down one nothing after one, but, um, you know, the way they played in the second and the third, uh, keeping the Capitals at bay, scoring what turned out to be five unanswered goals. I think that's probably the bigger thing for me. I don't make much of those things. Uh, it's the middle of the season. They have a good, they, they know where they are in the standings. Um, when you, if you and I are talking about, uh, you know, at the end of the season, I don't, I don't think I'll be looking back and, and thinking that those, uh, you know, the little lulls here, actors by any stretch. Yeah, and so I've sort of categorized this earlier before to set up this interview that uh, the uh, the the final chapter, the final speed bump to get over is playing without Austin Matthews. And, and if you go back to yeah. Sunday night against Washington, they found their way, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. I mean, everybody came to play. They got goals from a lot of different people, of course. And uh, but this has been the norm with with Matthews out, Jim. We've seen it, right? I mean, he goes yep. out of the lineup, and other people step up, whether it's a Kerfoot or a Holmberg or whoever it might be. And uh, they do good things. You know, Ingball with a nice goal last night. He's been playing well lately. So this team is deep. Uh, we've seen it. We saw it on the blue line earlier this season with the injuries and how they managed through that. We're seeing it now at forward um, with Austin Matthews out and out for the foreseeable future. So, you know, just the one game against Boston. And then and then we come back after the break. But, um, yeah, they're, they're – uh, hey, listen, Jim, they're a better, much better team with him in the lineup, of course. They're still a good team without him, and they showed that last night. Yeah, it's just that when I look at the forward unit, with or without him, you realize that the margins are slim. Uh, you know, everybody talks about acquiring the the left winger for for the second line, the Tavares line, but but I don't know, they really can't give up anything off that roster to get him because they need all the other parts. Well, I suppose, but I mean, if you if you're gonna make a uh, if you're gonna make a run to do something, then you have to do it. I mean, the, the, you have to get something, you have to give up something. The um, you know, what we're seeing, too, is there is depth in the bottom six, whether it's a Joey Anderson or a Bobby McMahon or a Dryden Hunt, uh, you know, even Wayne Simmons chipping in. So they do have that. Now, do you want uh, do you want to be in a case where any of those people are moving up? Not really. But listen, if they're serious about doing it, they can't they can't really screw around. And, you know, whether it's people on expiring contracts like a Kerfler and Engvall, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, but, um, you know, I would remind, too, Jim, that the Leafs are no different than any other team. You take a star player out, you're going to have to move some people around and, uh, you know, make up for it. Any, every, any other team is, would be the same. Leafs just happen to be in the top three or four of the national hockey league. They have more depth than other people do. So, you know, as far as a, a top six goes, I still think that that's what Kyle Dubas's um, mandate should be going into March 3rd. And, you know, understanding fully that if you're getting a caliber of player that way, then something's going to have to be going out whether it's a prospect, a first-round pick, or both, or somebody off the roster. But because uh, a guy like Yarncroak is going to move back down and probably slot in a third line where he's better suited, I think. So, you know, a lot to, a lot to, to hammer out there in that whole area, but um, I just think they'd be better off getting that, that type of player. You know, one of the storylines for this team is resiliency, and uh, certainly with Brody returning, you can see the blue line pretty well, uh, as it will be uh, when they go into the playoffs, maybe adding somebody, maybe not. I don't think they really have to. But yeah. the, the developing stories, when you look at those six guys that played on, on Sunday night, uh, each one of them has an interesting storyline in, in terms of reaching another level in their play. Would you agree with that? 
No, yeah, I think so. But you know what? Now that it's a good thing for the Leafs now. Of course, well, it always is Brody back. But so now that six slots in like we thought it would, Jim, right? Yeah, yeah. Riley Brody, Giordano Hall, Sandine Lilligren. And, you know, as long as everybody stays healthy, this is your six going forward. But you're right. You know, when the five-man groups that were playing so well, getting through the injuries and the defense, of course, some of these people were out, whether it was Riley or Brody, um, you know, for the most part, it, it was those two that they had to make up for. And they were getting it done. So now, now it's on this six to to keep that going. And you know, it's a different style of play. But maybe the the goal that Morgan Riley scores Sunday night uh, boosts his confidence in all areas of his game. And you know, he uses that as a bit of a springboard to get to that next level that you're talking about, both offensively and defensively. Uh, again, though, the one the one thing that we've learned through all this is the depth and. You're looking now at Jordy Ben and Connor Timmons as your seven eight. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, even you know taking taking into consideration of what they've been able to do this season and fill in roles. So, but the, the goal now is keep this top six health six healthy. Sorry for the last couple of months, and uh, have it go to that next level, like you say, because really they haven't the the, the six haven't been uh, in uniform altogether really much this season at all. Uh, but this was the plan going forward, the way that the pair uh, from the beginning, sorry, the way the pairs are set up now. Well, let's talk about Samsonov because he's uh, he's taken over uh, just yeah. because of his fine play and an opportunity presented itself. Not to suggest that that he's the guy going into the playoffs, but but it could turn out that way. Oh, I I, I would be surprised right now if he's not. We see that his health, he, he as far as health goes, he's a little more reliable than Matt Murray is, and uh, you know. I know it's the end of January and we still have two and a half months to go, but that would be my assumption that Samsonov will be the guy when the playoffs start. I mean, I know there's lots that can happen, uh, but you know, he, he hasn't uh, withered uh, with all of these games. And we're talking about the break coming at a good time. You know, he'll play against the Bruins on Wednesday, Jim. And then, uh, you know, what, eight or nine days off before they're in Columbus next Friday. So a good break coming for him, but you know, these two days between the game, between the Washington game, the Boston game now are also key. Uh, you know, Leafs are going to practice. We'll see how much Sam Sonoff is actually on the ice. But uh, his play has been excellent. We know that at home and away, maybe not as great. But, um, you know, he's been more than they probably would have expected. And to me, right now, he's the number one guy. I don't think there's any disputing that. Uh, the, the Matt Murray injury, that seemed to be somewhat off the radar, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You know, even with Keith talking to us about it, you know, saying that it's something that had been nagging him. There had been no indication that something was bothering him. I mean, now we haven't seen him for a while. He hasn't played since the, the January 17th game against Florida, and he was pulled in favor of Samsonov, and then Ilya went on this run. But, uh, you know, he looked fine in practices that we were at and in morning skates and that sort of thing. And uh, the odd thing was, Jim, Friday night that I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen before, and maybe you have because, you know, you're a bit older than I am. The uh, <laughs> – <laughs> slightly yeah. is a guy a goalie gets injured in warm-up is out there for pretty much most the majority of it state and then is on the bench for the game and then we find out later that had sam sonoff got hurt murray wouldn't have gone in so that, that's just an odd situation all the way around it never got to that you know keep telling us it would have gone to emergency backup goalie but i, I just thought that whole thing was really interesting and and uh you know, um, it, it's an ankle that, that Matt Murray's dealing with. Uh, the Leafs don't have all the answers yet on it. Uh, but again, let's go back to the depth issue or the narrative. Guess what? They now have, they now bring up a guy, Joseph Wall, who has won 12 of 13 decisions with the Marlies. at the same percentage as bumping up against 930 
He's got NHL experience from last year of four games. So the Leafs are in good shape there. And we're going to see Wall right away. He'll get into that back, the back-to-back with Columbus, I would assume, next Friday and Saturday, a one or the other. Um, but, but you know, it's, it's good to have that, you know, homegrown goalie, of course, or, or draft-grown, if you will. But, um, no, the Murray thing was uh, – it, it kind of came out of the blue. Uh, you know, we were, we were – there was some speculation that it was a shot that he'd taken from Elander and warm-up, wound up having nothing to do with that. So – it wasn't evident. Uh, he's getting the test now. They'll have a better idea, you know, this week, I think. But uh, uh, the, the key is the guy that has been playing has been doing well. Yeah, it was an odd story, to say the very least. And going back to my own memory banks, okay. I don't recall I don't recall seeing that ever happen before where a guy was going to start, yeah. and it turns out that he had a nagging injury, and, and, and even though he sat on the bench, could not back up. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, well uh, James- just one more thing on that. How odd would it have been if Sam Sonoff got hurt? And what's Murray going to do? Just sit there? Or is he going to disappear down the tunnel with, with Ilya and say, see you later. Here comes the e-bug. I mean, it was all very, <laughs> very odd, you know? That would have been a strange set of occurrences no for kidding. sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. let's go to the other injury, uh, the Austin Matthews injury. Uh, right. I did the game against the Rangers, and he, he didn't look as, as – um, uh, spry as he normally does. Well, what's the what's the story on that injury? Was that something that they were trying to work through, or or what? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, sprained knee, and you know, Keith had said that he he could tell Matthews was laboring a bit through that game, but still, you know, he he had just hopped over the boards uh, in overtime when when Marner uh, dazzled around all the Rangers and scored that uh, that beautiful goal at 19 seconds. So he was still of use at that point. But again, uh, you know, it's not going to be a long term thing, you know three weeks perhaps, but you talk about timing and the amount of games that Austin Matthews is going to miss. And it might not be any more than a half dozen given the, given the all-star break and the, uh, in the bye week that are coming. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I suppose if there's a silver lining in it, Jim, you, you try to look for those things and injuries. It's that, uh, you know, he'll get, he'll get rested now. doesn't have to worry about the all-star festivities. Not that that would have been a huge, uh, uh, a burden on him physically or anything else. I can just, you know, get the, get the knee going here during this break. I don't know if, if Matthews is going to uh, head home a bit to Arizona to relax. He might or stay in Toronto for a bit, little bit of rehab. But either way, you know, take full advantage of it. Uh, you know, take full advantage of the time off. Uh, if, if there's another nagging injury that we think he might have, um, you know, that gets a little bit of a chance to heal and rest now as well. So, you know, there's an interesting narrative surrounding this team. In the past, uh, when things didn't work out, uh, whether it was in a game or an injury, there was that automatic panic uh, by uh-huh. everybody. And I don't think that really applies anymore. They seem to be able to find a way to work through their troubles. Yeah, they do. Well, they've shown it, right? I mean, again, the, the blue line's a perfect example. You take Muzzin, Riley, and Brody out at certain times, and I know that you know Muzzin had his struggles before he was knocked out of the lineup. You know, you look around and go, oh, we're in trouble now, but that group bore down and we saw what they did. You know, Mark Giordano and, and Justin Hall, uh, you know, especially on the PK for Hall. I mean, he was just so effective there, but Giordano is a guy that uh, that leadership really came through Jim and, and um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, somebody that they needed with that expertise and, and that guile and all that sort of thing, that savvy to lead the way and uh, you know, really key. But again, you know, the two kids stepping up like they did Sandy and Lilligren. I mean, they've got, you know, both first-round picks. So, you know, that in a, with a first-round pick, nine times out of ten, they're going to have some sort of mental strength that they've had through their hockey careers to get to that point. And for both of them, I think that, that came through in spades when there were injuries and they played the way they did. So, no, 
overall as a team, you don't see that anymore in this group. And uh, there's no reason to think that if there are injuries here in the next couple of months, that we will see that out of them because it's just not a trait of theirs. Okay, Terry, two on the way out. Uh, the final game before the All-Star break is Wednesday at home to Boston. So at yeah. this point of the season, don't mean to put you on the spot, but I will because you know okay. me. Uh, yeah. Who is the MVP of this team? The MVP uh, would be Mitch Marner, I think. But he's got some company. Yeah, You know, Nylander's right there. Samsonov is right there. Uh, but I, I would have to say it's Mitch right now. Just you know, the, the way he, he, he drives the play off the wing offensively, Jim, defensively, we know what he does. I mean, the thing that really uh, you love watching in, in a guy like Marner is and what he does so effectively is on the, the way he just controls the play on the penalty kill. And when he gets the puck, he, you, you look, look down and go, okay, he's going to eat about 12 to 15 seconds here. Easy. And yeah. sometimes more, he's just a great all around player for them. And, and he would be my pick right now for that. It's good. Okay. And now that's not taking anything away from number 88. Nylander has been exceptional. Yeah. I, I, I probably believe Mitch gets the edge for that consistency in that 23 game run that he had, but uh, yeah, Marner would be that guy. And then you would throw in Austin Matthews because he could do that, but he hasn't, he hasn't done it. I mean, he's, he's done a good job. Don't get me wrong, yes. but he hasn't led the way the way no, he, he hasn't, has. But, no, but you know what, again, it's, it's been a group thing and, and Matthews has been consistent. Yes, it's not 60 goal pace, but there is consistency there. Yeah. Okay, let's end on this. I, I always look at teams uh, when we go into the playoffs is a team would have to have three or four guys, in my opinion, who could win the Conn Smythe Trophy if, in fact, that team won the Stanley Cup. Um, I've never been able to figure that out for the least, but this year I'm going to change my tune. I could see three or four people that are capable of winning that Conn Smythe, assuming they got under the, into the Stanley Cup final and actually won it. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, I would. Well, Matthews, Martyr, and Nylander, any one of those three could win it if the Leafs go that far. Yeah. Any, any one of them. We've seen Matthews and Martyr, I think you could have said that, just given the way that they played over their careers. I know it hasn't worked in the playoffs. I'm talking regular season here. They're going to take that next step eventually. But Nylander really this year has come to the fore in that regard. And, you know, everything is like, uh, you know, there's, there's, he plays, he doesn't, if there's pressure on Willie Nylander, he doesn't demonstrate that, Jim. But I think he could be certainly that type of player for them in the playoffs. And, you know, we'll find out in a few months. But the deeper they go uh, in the playoffs, assuming they do go deep, uh, it's going to be tough with Tampa and Boston having to hurdle pass. But uh, you'll know that those star players are making that sort of impact. So I, I would think those three for sure. That's not to take anything away from John Tavares and what he does. I don't want to, you know, forget about him and recognizing what he did last night in his thousandth game. But I just think the, the the three younger guys would have that uh, capability if it uh, if the Leafs go uh, three or four rounds. Could be a goalie too, right? Well, again, yeah, I didn't mention Samsonov, but he keeps doing what he's doing. And here's the other thing too, Jim. Now with Murray out, if Wall comes in and, and plays well enough to to give Samsonov those breaks, it's only going to be better for Ilya. And right. you know, you want that, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, he he could be that guy as well. You don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think it's, it's a fair topic right now because the Leafs are a really good hockey team, and you know you'd expect them to go a lot further this year than they have before. Terry, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right, thank you, Mike Ross. Time now for looking at split. Yes, guy, no guy on the way out. Yes, guy, no guy. Number one concerned with no Austin Matthews. 
No guy. Not concerned at all. This is another speed bump. Leafs have to learn to get through this because they will not have a full complement all the time, or at least not a healthy full complement. So they have to learn how to do this. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. You are happy with the team's performance so far. I'm going to say yes, guy, for the reasons we alluded to in the last yes, guy, no guy. And that is, this team is resilient. It's battled through all kinds of injury problems in the past. Goalies, defensemen, and now Austin Matthews. They seem to get it done. So I'm going to go happy yes guy. Yes guy, no guy number three. Your optimism is high for this team at this point of the season. I'm going to say yes guy again. And again, I don't want to repeat myself, but resiliency, success, and so far it's all worked out. So that is a yes guy. Hope you enjoyed episode 16, season three of Leaf Sky. Hope you come back next week for episode 17.